0: Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrubin, author of My Jewish Year.
1: And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovei Torah Rabbinical School.
0: And we're two very different Jews talking about the same Torah together.
1: Hi, Dov. Hey, Abby. So today we're going to talk about Parsha Shlach. And a major theme of this Parsha, I think, is courage. Uh, who has it and who doesn't? Well,
0: we would assume that the Torah comes out pro-courage, but I have to say, I was surprised it's really not that simple. I mean, once you start to focus on courage in the Hebrew Bible, other than Moses and King David, there actually aren't a million iconic stories where bravery is held up as the way to be in the world.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not even sure Moses would be described as courageous. If you think about it, he has to constantly be cajoled into his role. Uh, Are there other people? Um, I guess Judah comes to mind. He stands up against his brothers to try to save Joseph. And then Joseph- mean when diff- they're going
0: to throw him in the pit? When they're going
1: to throw him in the pit. And Joseph is, I think, a different type of a courage. He's willing to stand up to Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife is trying to seduce him. Um, so that's a type of a moral courage, but he's willing to expose himself to whatever consequences there might be. Um, but you're right. There aren't many obvious examples. Well,
0: maybe we should back up and see what the verses say about bravery. Just to situate us, we're in the desert. It's post-Egypt. We're finally reaching the land of Israel. And this Parsha describes the 12 spies each representing a tribe of Israel whom Moses sent out to do reconnaissance in the promised land essentially they were told to scout out what the Israelites could expect when they complete the journey there so we're in numbers 1327 quote this is what they meaning the spies told him meaning Moses we came to the land you sent us to it does indeed flow with milk and honey and this is its fruit however The people who inhabit the country are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. However, the people are mightily strong. Caleb hushed the people before Moses and said, Let us by all means go up, and we shall gain possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We cannot attack that people, for it is stronger than we.
1: So basically, you have 10 of the spies saying, there's no way we can win the war. And Caleb is saying, no, we can. So, you know, one way to look at it is maybe this is just a debate between generals. Maybe it's just a question of whether strategically this is possible or not. But
0: then the spies start whipping up fear, right, among the people, saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. Basically, they're going to eat us. Yeah. Right?
1: Destroy us.
0: And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. They're huge. They're scary. Right. And there we saw giants. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight we felt as small as grasshoppers and we looked to them as grasshoppers because they're so formidable.
1: Right, and I think a key point is that also that's how we perceived ourselves. That's how we saw ourselves in our own eyes. So the idea is basically, they're too big, they're too strong, we have no chance. And then of course, what comes next in the narrative is totally predictable. The people are filled with fear and they, They say, oh, if only we had never left Egypt, we might as well die in the wilderness. Why should we be here? So basically, the
0: majority of Moses' spies freak out. They doubt
1: God, just as the people did at the Red Sea. I actually think what we're dealing with is quite the opposite, that when people are gripped by fear, that fear can paralyze us. It can take away our ability to think rationally. You know, and then that fear will spread contagiously. So pretty pretty soon, everybody is in the grips of the fear.
0: Well, it seems pretty rational to me to be afraid of a stronger opponent in a foreign land that you're going to be entering blindly.
1: Well, look, I know this might sound crazy. We are
0: talking about being rational, and you're about to sound crazy? Uh,
1: Basically, but listen, hear me out, okay? Given that the story in the Torah is about what the people— have experienced so far you know god took them out of egypt did all these miracles saved the day time and again so actually i think the rational thing for these people at this time is to believe that god will save them once again and that they will conquer their enemy no matter how crazy the odds so you're saying
0: because miracles saved them before they should believe in another one
1: Yes. And I I think that the comparison you made to standing at the Red Sea was a great one. You know, if you think about it, there they were at the edge of the sea. The Egyptians' army were in hot pursuit. God had just brought 10 plagues on the Egyptians to take them out of Egypt. So the rational thing would be for them to say, God has done these miracles. God is going to do another miracle. But they didn't do that. They all froze in fear. I see your
0: point, but I still think it's entirely rational to doubt a miracle.
1: Okay, fine. Let's bracket the word rational. But I think that the question we have to ask now is why did these two spies see it differently? Caleb and Joshua are undeterred. They have faith and they're unafraid. Why is that? Well, they could
0: be the irrational ones. And maybe it takes some irrationality to be courageous. I mean, I'm really struck by Caleb's certainty here. He says about the land of Canaan, we shall gain possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. He is sure, based on nothing except God's promise, really, and a sense that if God believes in us, We should believe in ourselves, not view ourselves as grasshoppers, but giants also. Without being, I don't know, too melodramatic, I think that's a message for our time now.
1: So how is this a message for our time? I mean, God isn't making us direct promises these days. Last I I just like the
0: idea that faith gives you not just a belief in the next miracle, but belief in your own strength, your capacity to handle things. I don't think faith should make us stupid or rash, but having faith maybe can give us an armor we didn't know we had. And maybe sometimes we need to just believe that we will be taken care of if we do our part, and if we leap into the next proverbial land, we're gonna le- we're gonna essentially be safe there. It's gonna work out.
1: I really like that, Abby. It it, it plays back to the grasshopper point. If you see yourself as a grasshopper then that's how the enemy will see you. And what you're saying is that Faith and Caleb and Joshua didn't see themselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as giants. So, you know, I think that's a great approach. And in the, in the verse, God actually describes Caleb as imbued with a different spirit. Yeah, I love that quote. I do too. I use that one in many contexts. And I think the different spirit here is something to strive for. It's a spirit of jumping without a visible net, And, um, you know, even without these past miracles and promises, it's finding that fortitude that maybe we didn't know we had that allows us to really affect things. Well,
0: to bring it to the contemporary moment, that reminds me of the student Riley Howell um, in Charlotte recently who kept on charging against the gunmen, taking bullets that would otherwise have hit other people. I mean, he was imbued with a different spirit.
1: Yeah, and uh, same with Lori Gilbert Kay. What she did in the synagogue attack last April in Poway in San Diego, she actually held her ground between the shooter and the rabbi. I mean, that was just incredible. And
0: that rabbi of that synagogue, uh, Rabbi Goldstein, also stood firm and didn't run. I think of that insane courage that it took when the shooter was aiming directly at him, his first thought was the children standing off to the side watching, frozen, terrified. His instinct was to protect them right away. And I worry, if I'm honest, that my instinct would just be to duck.
1: Yeah, I have the same thoughts. You know, they had that different spirit. Do we have that different spirit? And I think part of the lesson here is that having courage is not always about religious faith. I'm thinking of the extraordinary courage of first responders today. I mean, they literally run into a fire. They have a different spirit, and with or without this uh, faith in God or faith in miracles.
0: Well, they also have training, which the first Jews didn't.
1: (laughs) That is true, and that does kick in. Sometimes the different spirit is about having strong moral convictions without believing in God at all.
0: Well, I'm sure many would identify with that take.
1: Right, but I think what we're missing is there are times that when doing something like what Caleb did wouldn't be courageous at all. It would just be plain stupid. I mean, it could have turned out that way in the Caleb story. I'm, I'm not following you well i mean look caleb's courage wasn't the kind that we're talking about in charlotte or san diego he wasn't just putting himself at risk um to protect others he actually was insisting that the entire people go into the land of canaan against a stronger enemy so he was putting everyone at risk and if you were wrong everyone could have perished Exactly. I mean, is it courage if a general whips his troops into fighting in a battle where the odds are totally against them and then they get slaughtered? No, that's irresponsible.
0: So then you're saying what makes it courage here and not stupidity is because of God's promise, coming back to what we were talking about earlier, that this is basically what's supposed to happen and it will end well because God ordains it so. And Caleb trusted what God guaranteed.
1: Right. And therefore it wasn't a stupid risk. So whether we call it rational or not, it made sense for them to believe in god and god was in caleb's corner he was in the israelites corner and he was going to back the army so uh, here's my last question abby do you think caleb and joshua's courage the different spirit we've been talking about do you think that this is rare in the torah
0: well as we said i don't think there's a lot of brave patriarchs that come to mind but Nachshon does pop into my head the, in the midrash on exodus he wasn't a patriarch he's not as famous but he's an unsung hero He waded into the Red Sea when no one else would. Before the waters had even parted, he just said, I'm walking in because I believe that God won't let us drown. And he kept moving forward into those seas, even when the waves were literally lapping at his nose.
1: Yes, uh, that story is an extremely powerful one. Look, I also think about Abraham. You know, he was willing to leave everything to follow God. So I think that there are these stories in the Torah. And uh, do you, um, I, I guess my question for you, for both of us, is: Are we? Do we strive for that kind of courage?
0: I would definitely like to find a little more Nachshon in my kishkes. Yes.
1: You know, obviously, you know, so would I. I'd, I'd like to have the courage that comes from belief in God, like Abraham, like Nachshon, like Caleb. Um, and I'd like to also have the courage that comes from doing the right thing, from being willing to put your life at risk to save and protect others.
0: Well, here's to the courage of a different spirit.
1: Amen to that, Abby. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Rabbi Dov Linzer and Abigail Pogrebin. It's produced by Shira Tulishkin. The show is executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. If you like the show, head over to iTunes and leave a review. Rate us. That always helps more people find out about Parsha in Progress. And make sure to tell all of your friends. You can also write to us at parshainprogress at tabletmag.com. We'd love to hear your comments.